Hey, 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 and welcome to another episode of Black Girls Keto 2. I am your host, Wendy Featherston, and I am excited about this new season of Black Girls Keto 2. We have a lot in store for you. And as we begin, I just really want to take the time out to thank you all for listening and sharing the podcast with your friends, for sending me emails and messages, letting me know how much the podcast has helped you and telling me that, you know, I'm in the right place doing the right thing, which I know, but it's really good to hear. And I'm just really excited that this new season is going to bring more awesomeness. So if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast. And you can also now send me voice messages. I would love to hear from you. And if you have had, you know, major keto success or you know, I won't say major. If you've had keto success or you have something to share, a benefit of keto that you've experienced, right? I would love to have you as a guest on a podcast. Okay? So send me those voice messages and let me know what you think. So this episode of Black Girls Keto 2 is really amazing. You're going to really get some great benefits from this queen that um, I have the pleasure to interview, not one, but two times. We did it one way and then it's just been a lot. It's been a long time coming for her to get here, but she is here and I am excited to bring you Miss Dreama Caldwell. And Dreama has had an amazing four years of keto. And she weighed almost 500 pounds and she has released over 200 plus pounds in four years. She looks amazing. And she has a lot of wisdom to share with us um, that we can, you know, take and use. The one thing that I love about Dreama is that when she didn't have the money that, you know, money was tight for her, she didn't make excuses. She did what she had to do because keto and her life was important for her. Well, I'm just going to stop right there because I don't want to spill all the beans. I want you to listen to the episode. And so without further ado, we'll jump right in after this break.
Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Black Girls Keto 2. I am your host, Wendy Featherston, and I am so excited to be here this day sharing this amazing queen with you all. She has an awesome story to tell and I am sure that you will be able to pick up some gems and nuggets that she will definitely drop. So I'm going to stop talking and I am going to introduce to you Miss Dreama Caldwell. Welcome Dreama. Hi everybody. Hi Wendy. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You are welcome. So we are going to, you know, talk about keto, but we're going to talk about it on, from a different perspective. I mean, I love your story. Mm -hmm. Um, I love how you got started. And if you don't mind sharing a little of that with them tonight. um, Okay. All right. All right. So for me, I've always tried to lose weight. Like, from the time I've been a child, always, always been a struggle. And not just overweight, but like obesity, um, obese, overweight, um, reaching as high as I, I use a hashtag, almost 500 pounds. I was actually 464. And I've lost 100 pounds before. And so when I spoke with you once before and you said something about no, I'm not going to find it again. I thought about this is my second go round. I'm not going to do this again. I'm going to finish this this time around. So just going through and and I thought everything was a quick fix. I've done shakes, groups, plans, <laughs> paid nutritionists. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> and afford those things and have those tools I was right back at square one. Hmm. So can you tell everyone how you got started with keto? Well, honestly, there was a, there's a group in on Facebook in my county. It's people helping people in this, particularly in our county. And I literally went in there and just said, I need to lose weight. I had a car accident and I found out I had high blood pressure. They thought it was just a result of the car accident. When I went back to the doctor a week later, it was still there. And so a week later, he brought me back and it was even higher. And so he gave me, prescribed me um, blood pressure pills too. And I've never taken a regular medication before in my life. And so it was an eye opener for me. And for the first time, he looked at me and talked to me in a way it kind of like scared me, you know, mm. it's like, I'm sorry. Like you, you're not gonna, your heart can't take much more. And then heart disease runs in my family. My mother has congestive heart failure. My aunt has congestive heart failure. My grandmother had, I mean, it runs in my family. And so he just said, you know, I had to do something. And I made that post out of desperation And somewhere, somebody just shared with me about keto. And I remember the doctor and I having a conversation the next week. I came back and his nurse had actually had surgery. And she told me if I could find a way to do it out that route, you know, to work on. 
whatever I need to work on. Mm-hmm. I heard a little bit about keto, and it was kind of like for me, okay, spirit guy, you are confirming for me with this woman who doesn't know me what this person online had said without knowing that I, someone had already told me that. And so it made me search and I found groups and I joined everything, Facebook groups that I could find. And I don't know. I was really, <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it was a, it was a, it was a good experience because I learned, but then I learned how ugly people can be and how yes. they make this diet, this way of eating very, very uh, hard where people are afraid to even try, you know, and it's really just not what people think. They No, it really isn't. They overthink it. And I'm like, it's not that hard. It's not, it's not hard at all. (laughs) And the thing is, is that, you know, we want information. Um, I wish, I honestly wish that I would have had someone who was in the process of doing keto or have, you know, and been successful to guide me. And then I didn't have to flounder and stumble along the way and deal with, um, you know, the ugliness of people. But I really tried to remove myself from those groups when I saw the ugliness. Because as we said before, we're, we were a part of the same group. Right, right. So, and, and I, so I, I totally understand that. And so what part, the part about your story that I found the most interesting was mm-hmm. when you shared with me that keto was the only option for you and that you had to do it by any means necessary. And so a lot of people always talk about, you know, how expensive keto is. And I'm like, yeah, no, Dreamer did it. Now, when, keto, <laughs> when keto fell into my, when, when, when it came into my life in the beginning, honestly, it was things that I never had. So I didn't know what cost to expect. Just walking into a regular store and just, and when I figured out it's just removing these cards, like I was in the Dollar Tree. I can tell you how to take $7 a day in the Dollar Tree and feed yourself and still stay on plan. It's maybe, it, it may not be the cleanest keto. It may not, but it's still keto. Mm-hmm. It may be what people call dirty, lazy, whatever words they put to it, but it's still keto and it still works. And it, it it does. And so it's funny that you brought up the words dirty and lazy because that's a podcast that I'm posting for next week because words matter. And, you know, clean versus dirty and lazy. I think people put labels on things so it can be a thing. But the what the mind picks up with those words, mm-hmm. dirty, lazy right means like you don't have to put effort or it's bad just like the word cheating you know having a cheat meal like it it, it, the words and the 
energy of the words. It matters. And so when you think that you're doing quote unquote lazy keto, then it's like you don't have to put effort into it. Oh, I'm just going to eat, you know, whatever or dirty, meaning, oh, as long as it fits into my macro so I can eat anything. So so the food isn't the problem. It's the mind. It's it's training the mind. And it's like any other problem. It's people who... Uh, get married because of the children. It's it, it's like any other problem. If you do something thinking you're gonna get rid of another problem, and you don't deal with what the root of that problem is, it's gonna resurface. And so you can take away. Like I found myself, I had a moment, like a year or two in, I'd lost weight. I, you know, I was looking good. I was I was really feeling confident about myself, and. I had a binge moment and I was so hard on myself because I thought I was past that stage because I had went so long, you know, and then something, but it was really that nothing major had happened in my life that long. And so all of a mm. sudden something major happens. My incident with a daycare happens and boom. And like my whole world was turned upside down and mm. I had just started like I told you, I'd done other things to shake and I just lost this weight and all of a sudden I couldn't afford it and I was right back at, and I was like, oh my goodness. And so the same with with keto. If you think that you don't deal with, if you are eating to cover stress or anxiety or whatever reasons, trauma, PTSD, whatever mm-hmm. people use, ab- abuse food for, it's going to come back even when you take away food. Absolutely. <laughs> it's Absolutely. And so if I had made up a determined mind that I was going to do this, like I, I have made up my mind. And that doesn't mean when people say, do you have cheat days? Do you have, I hate all those typical questions because yes. of course I'm normal. And it's not cheating, though. I just really want to be clear. Mm-hmm. I really want, would love for us to be clear. It's not cheating. You just made a conscious decision. You made up your mind to eat off plan. You didn't yeah. cheat. You didn't cheat. You you just made a conscious decision to eat off plan. You ate what you ate, and then you made another conscious decision to go right back right. to eating keto. Right. So it's a difference. It's a difference. I, I don't like that question either. I really don't. It, it it it. I really think people overthink the whole process. The whole and and it really is. If you are, we're in the age where everybody is a Facebook learner or Google learner or or mm-hmm. forums or and if you're in places of misinformation or you just around people who aren't nice, you're going to get a conception of this way of eating that you shouldn't get. It's not as hard as you think. And I've gotten my dad to do it and I've gotten my husband to do it. And I've got, you know, people go, oh, yeah, I can eat that. They'll see my plate and go, wait, I can eat that. I eat like that well, anyway, you know, yes. and it makes them start to think of like, oh, I just got to take this away. I can still have the burger. Yeah. With the bacon. Yeah. 
extra bacon, yeah. right? And, <laughs> and that's the part that people always take off. And when I, when I sit down and coach people, the, the when we get to the food part, because the first thing we don't talk about is eating because it's never about that. It's that whole mindset, right? right. But the, the second thing is the food. I don't talk about what you can't eat. I talk about all of the things you can eat, mm-hmm. all of the things you can have, because when you have this plethora of things before you that you can have, and it's more of an asset than a deficit, right? Then, then you're able to you be like, oh, I can do this. I hell yeah, yeah. hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it it's empowering. And what I said earlier, like it's a journey about more than just food. It, it is about healing and about figuring out a new routine, a new habit, a new th- thought process. I used to think about I I'd eat breakfast thinking about what I'm gonna eat for lunch, thinking about what I'm gonna eat for dinner, thinking about what I'm buy at the grocery store. Like it was constant food 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 thought process mm-hmm. and so to change your thought process what are we gonna think about now you know like you gotta replace it you, you gotta, gotta figure that out it. i'm 42 figuring out this journey has taken me to a place where i'm 42 figuring out okay now that's gone and and, and i have to deal with things that i haven't dealt with in years for the first time ever and so maybe things i haven't talked about since they happened and yeah. I stuffed it with food and I stuffed it with food. And as I begin to release the weight and take the food away, I find my voice again that had been taken away that I was mm-hmm. stuffing with food because I couldn't really say what I wanted to say. So I'm just going to make me a sandwich. Yep. And just and, and swallow it. Yeah. And then you swallow your feelings. Mm-hmm. And then we think food makes us feel better. Mm-hmm. And and in and, and the way it does, right, it's right. self-soothing behavior, just like a baby with a bottle or a thumb. It's self-soothing, mm-hmm. you know, sitting down when when I would get all stressed out and upset. I would sit down back in the day. Oh, my God. You, uh, what do you call them? Um, Little Debbie Swiss rolls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Baby, I would put a box of them in the freezer. And honey. I would just sit there and eat two, three little pack, you know, packages of them, just like nothing. But it made at that moment, that moment, it made me feel better. And see, mine was bread. I can yeah, eat it by itself with, with peanut butter, it, raisin <laughs> bread. I didn't care what kind of bread, biscuits. Now I can't stand them. Tastes like paper mache. Mm-hmm. And see, for me, I think bread tastes like. Um, what do you call it? Like, like, like glue. Yeah. Yeah. Glue. And it's just like, eh, I don't like it. And I think the longer you go without it, even when you think you want it, mm-hmm. when you eat it, food doesn't taste the same. The things that I used to eat during my, I was like, oh man, this used to be really good. I used to make it like this or they, I would get it like that. And I go eating that stuff. I'll be like, ew. Why did I like this before? Mm -hmm. And you know that you have been 
that you have released that limiting belief around whatever that thing was that you've been holding when you know that food doesn't give you that same feeling anymore. Right. Because people, you, it's, people don't really believe it, but food is a drug. It is. It's, absolutely. Because, it, it's self-medicating. And, you know, it's like what you said, like a, a baby being soothing. But for a person with a lot of problems, you just have to eat. Mm-hmm. And when you see 600, people go, I can't believe she got the 600. And I'll go, I can. And they'll look yeah. at me because I I understand if you have a lot of pain, there there are some people, pain you cannot imagine. And childhood yeah. trauma and things that people are been exposed to, like unimaginable stories that people have because I've met them and I've talked with them. And, and, mm-hmm. and when I even tell my story, like people go, you know, it's kind of, something that's mind-boggling but there are people the more problems they have they just eat, eat because it is the drug and they it eat, is and, they, and that's how they can eat back to back to back to back to back because when it's when it's when it when you come off of that high you still have to it's the same as a the disease of addiction of drugs you know mm-hmm. it's, it's the same it's the same disease the same I think it's the same but different. It's not chemical. So food isn't chemicals, right? Well, well, let me let me go back and because some of the foods that we eat are chemicals. Uh, I, let's scratch that. Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> right, because MSG. Yeah, a lot of you know M- MSG. <laughs> and so, like with Lay's, the commercial back in the day, they used to say you just can't eat one. And meaning one potato chip. And it wasn't that the potato they were telling you that the potato chips were that good. That was their way of going around by John's house to tell you that you can't eat one because we put stuff on it. That MSG, that accent, that flavor enhancer that causes you to eat more and more. Right? right, right. And it so it's it's heavily laden and stuff. And you you're you're absolutely correct. It is it is like a drug, but the thing is is that you can fix it. Mm-hmm. It's fi- it's fixable. Mm-hmm. You don't have to overeat. You don't. It's, my, it's my the breaking. Was, it's the re. It's you have to reteach yourself things. You have to get a lot of um your old habits of things out of your head. You don't have to. My husband would say to me. You don't have to eat it because it's on your plate. Like you, mm-hmm. you're not gonna get in trouble, you know. And if you've been through certain things, you feel like, you know, you have to eat it all because it's there, or or the the hungry kids in the world that don't have that right? don't have food, right? Um, you know, it's those limiting beliefs that we carry from childhood. The one of the things that I do with my clients is I walk them through figuring out what your food story is mm-hmm. and when they sit down to write their food story you know like why do they why do you eat why do you see food the way that you do what stories or beliefs that do you hold that around food Right. And, you know, when I when I did my work around it, I I was like, OK, it's because my 
my mother, you know, one, we didn't have an option not to not eat if we didn't want it. You ate what was put on that plate. You did all of those things. And, you know, I remember not liking llama beans as a child. And my mother would make succotash, llama beans and corn. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, it, at that age, even today, it's just like, why would you put those two things together? Ew. And, it, and right. llama, beans, <laughs> llama beans to me just were utterly disgusting as a child. And, but I, I could, she would not not put them on my plate. You knew I didn't like them. She knew I didn't like them. Right. But she would, you had to eat it. And if you did it, you had to sit there until it was all gone. Well, try this. I've had it. If you didn't eat it for lunch, reintroduce back out. Like you're going to eat it. And, and there are things that I don't understand certain logic. Now, I'm not agreeing with it, but I, don't, I didn't understand certain logic until I went through certain things with my own children, having them young and struggling. Like, there were times that I probably forced them to eat things that they didn't want to eat, but they would cheat. And it was, we were going to eat this, and we weren't going to eat anything at all. And so there are things that help me to find forgiveness, because I carry anger for, like, a lot of things like that. Um, being like, oh, it's just abuse. And, and I'm not saying that it's not, but what I'm saying is that there were things that I understand from my own family and stuff probably it was just necessity right and it was i remember like you know hindsight is always 2020 and you know looking back at you know our lives my mother did the best she could with what she had mm-hmm. but you know you never know the trauma that we're mm-hmm. putting our children through and how it will show up as an adult and so the, another part of my, my, my food story is that my family always called you fat. Yeah. I, yeah. I wasn't fat. I wasn't fat. They called me fat when I was not fat. And I had a cousin who, when I was younger, Tracy had to be about 250 pounds. Um, Tracy was well over five, 600 pounds. Um, and, you know, it, it it was like comparing me to Tracy. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, older folk, you know, they did that thinking they would they were helping you, right? Right. But but they ain't never help you. It it, yeah. it it those words, those things stick and then they become beliefs. And what is a belief? A belief is nothing but a, a, a practice thought. It's a thought mm-hmm. we think over and over again until it becomes our truth. So if you call me fat every time you see me, hey, fatty, you're fat. Everything is fat. Then as a child, I I take that inwardly and then I'm fat. And then they feed you all this food. Mm-hmm. But and, and, and then when I look back at it, they really were the ones that was that were overweight. Mm hmm. Right. And I was just like, you know, when you figure out what your food story is, then you can totally rewrite that. Mm-hmm. You can rewrite it. And it, it's a way that you can change your your view about not only your body and yourself, but how you see and view food, 
food is nourishment. It it it's not su- supposed to be ple- pleasurable. I mean, you know, and me as that's a chef, just, that's why I say food is fuel. I tell it people is. all the time. It's just fuel for our body. You know, it's just fuel. It's just food. And our body is an amazing tool. Our body is amazing, and it it it, it heals itself. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was I was talking to a lady the other day, and she was like, "Well, I, my body is stalling," and you see all the and uh, you know people talking about they're mm-hmm. stalling, they're stalling, and I'm like, "Please stop saying that. Your body, you're not stalling. One, stay off the scale." Two, your body is recalibrating. Don't, I don't understand. And maybe you can shed some light on this for me as well. I don't understand how people think that they are supposed to um, release. What's some lady post just, just um, the, about maybe an hour ago. She um, posted in, in Black Girls Keto too about, uh, she needed to lose 15 pounds or more by June 1st. By June 1st? By June 1st. Mm-hmm. By, Ju- by June 1st. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you think this is? What do you think this is? Right. right. And one of the things that I, I don't like about the misconceptions of keto is like, if you eat me and you tell me you're vegetarian, I respect the fact that you're vegetarian, right? Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. I meet you and you tell me you're pescatarian or you're whatever, like I'm keto. Like there's nothing else to say. We don't we don't have to discuss any other. And I guess when we can change our mindset on the fact that this is just the way I eat, it's not that I'm on a diet. I just happen to be losing weight. I just happen to have gotten off my blood pressure medicine. And it's not just happened by happenstance. That's what led me to keto. But it's not like when I change my mindset on the fact this is in the Weight Watchers plan, this is in the whatever. And like mm-hmm. if, we, if we take the negative connotation away from cheating, and I never saw it like that. If I wanted it, I ate it. I but ate I always it. had the tools. I'll, I know I have the tools. These are tools that I'll have for the rest of my life. I I may eat certain things that I should not eat, but I can promise you that I always come back to keto because once you are conscious of things, it's like the saying, if you know better, you do better. Yeah. Once you're conscious of things, and I know there's 49 grams of, 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 of carbs, two days of my food in that one bottle of Pepsi she's yes, drinking. Ma'am. Yes, you know, ma'am. I don't want it. I I, I, it's not that I can't have it. I don't want it. I Hell, that's days, and <laughs> there it is right there. What you getting ready to drink, and girl? Good for two days. Listen, forty nine grams. Here you go. That's two days going into the third. Right, <laughs> right. That's and, nine on the third day. And, and I can't shake that from my head. Like Mm-mm. once you educate yourself. Once you know the benefits of this way of eating, even when you strike, I don't care if it's and I and I'm and I'm going to be honest with you. There are periods of time because I struggle with depression and anxiety. There's been periods of time I've went away from this a month, but no more than a month because I'm sick of my feet hurting, my mm. feet oh my knee hurting, and I'll be like, all right, 
and Dragon. And so mm-hmm. all, I always come back to keto. And you might want to say that because we all have that and that those moments, like, because I'm always traveling, um, you know, for our work and our business and stuff like that. And sometimes it's, it's not always the easiest to, 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 to find the things, um, in that moment, you know, you can't plan everything. I, I, I do travel with my keto food a lot most of the time but then there's times when you know I don't want to carry two bags or I want to fly another airline and I ain't paying for two bags <laughs> and so I'll try to figure it out um, but sometimes you know if you're in a hotel room that doesn't have like the adequate refrigerator like it's, it's so many variables but it's not an excuse it's not an excuse. And I'm with you. I'm so with you with your knees hurting your ankle, my ankle. I can I can eat carbs. And if I if I do two days worth of eating carbs of any sort, mm-hmm. girl, my ankle swell up like balloons. And I'm like, oh my God, my knees ache. My elbows creak. I'm like, oh my God. And so when you know, and I think it it really boils down to being mindful and being present with your body Mm -hmm. to recognize the change, the positive changes that your body has and the way it feels when you do keto and you Mm -hmm. eat and you continue on that eating pattern. And then when you stray and make the decision to eat off plan, be be still being in that state of presence and mindfulness to, to, to check in with your body and see how it feels. Mm-hmm. See how that, it feels. Yeah. That's what always leaves me. No, it, it, it I have done this so long that the pe- people around me know how I eat, right? And so, no question, everybody knows, if I eat off plan, I don't do it in front of other people because I know I have encouraged people mm-hmm. to start eating this way. And so if I eat out plan, on plan, I eat in front of my husband. That's a personal thing. And I guess it's the same as, like you say, an addict hiding a drug or whatever. I eat, I just, I, it's not so much that I'm, I'm shameful or I'm whatever. It's more about me trying to encourage new people that are in this way of life and and sometimes I think that they think that it's they overthink this whole whole thing like like they have the negative connotation of the cheating and so I just say okay I just won't because people come up to me and look at my plate that that's I live in a little small country town and I do have um a good size of followers and that's because this town just knows me well and it's people come and see what we're what I'm eating and it's not in the beginning I took it as being nosy I took it as being like you know they being nosy but it really wasn't people were trying to learn like what oh I can eat that and then they it would open up for conversations or I'd be ordering food somebody would be standing behind me listening to me order my food because you never know who's watching you Mm -hmm. you never lose whatever and so people would just come up and see what's there and then I would hear them change their order 
and you, you you know you don't know there's this spark that's going on people are watching your outside body change they're watching your confidence change and they want some of that honestly and and, and it's no other thing to say and it takes a while for people to and I, and I'm telling people everybody when they say how do I get my husband on how do I get my kids on how do I get the first 50 pounds I didn't say a word mm-hmm. that way well, because, they want some of that because words don't teach right words don't teach actions still mm-hmm. actions teach and, and and people learn to like you say they emulate mm-hmm. they emulate what you do um you know and and it is like amazing the people who who watch you i have people who's who watch me and they're like Mm, I thought you were keto. Like they give that time. So, and my thing, my thing is, I'm a grown behind woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my body. I can eat what I want, when I want, how I want. Absolutely. I don't owe anyone any explanation. Not nary soul. Not not nary soul. No explanation as to what I'm going to eat because it's my choice. You know, and I don't need you. I don't need you um, bulldogging my food. I, I'm I'm good. You know, I'm good. I, I'm. Good. I really felt the need in the beginning to explain to people. Oh, this is my treat day. Or I'm grown. Is my answer now, honey? It's, again, I felt this need to kind of explain. I'm still going to get back on playing tomorrow, and you know, and I I have this thing that if I eat if I want the cake, I'm gonna eat the cake. But my next meal is going to be a keto meal. And, you know, and whether you think that's hypocrisy or what other people like, there's some things that people have said, you know, negative to me. Those are things that people, whatever you think about it, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to eat this cake right now. And my next meal going to be a steak and salad. Okay. And the thing about it is, for me, if I want the cake, I'm going to eat the cake. Now, here's where I differ, right? This is where I differ. <laughs> now, before... I would eat a hunger cake and maybe go back for seconds. I can't eat that. I can't taste it. Can't but stand now, but yeah. now I get a little slip, a little slip, a little sliver of that cake. And then I'll take a couple of bites. And then I, I really sit down and I practice mindful eating. Mm-hmm. Mindful eating is when you really spend time with that food in your mouth and feeling the texture of it, looking at the food, engaging all five of your senses. What does it smell like? Because sometimes if you smell it with all of that, especially if it's store-bought cake with that icing, that's not really buttercream, it's Crisco. Right. And you smell it, you'll be like, okay, yeah, never mind. But if you do... Or if I do, I'll chew it and I like really close my eyes. People think I'm I'm crazy sometimes, but I'm just like I don't care. I'm just like okay, I'm tasting this cake. I'm you know feeling the granulars of the cake and all of that kind of stuff in my mouth. And then once I swallow, and I'll you know think, do you want another bite? Okay, if I want another bite, I'll take another bite. Sometimes I'll eat two, three bites, and then I'm done. Mm-hmm. But because I mindfully ate that piece of cake, knowing, you know, and I can say to myself, eh, it really is not good. And 
I don't want anymore or okay this really is the bomb it's really yummy and I know I'm not going to eat anymore because then it'll cause me to eat you know to be in pain like we said earlier so you know if you can find something to associate you know eating off plan with you know for me my my ankles hurt and my knees hurt and it's no need for me to Ever sometimes I'd be like, oh my God, what's wrong? What's wrong? You know what's wrong. Girl. Oh, no, absolutely. Everybody knows me what's wrong. My I, I run a hotel. I'm a general manager of a hotel. If I come in tipping with my feet hurting in the morning, they know I ate some crap. Everybody goes, You ate some carbs. Mm-hmm. Just go and I'll go, What? But they know the difference. Everybody around me, because I've done this so many years, people who are in my circle who see me often. They know the difference. They know when I'm off plan. So if they know, you know, my body knows, you know, I'm feeling different because I'm tipping. I can't walk. I'm usually full of energy, wide open. So much energy that sometimes I don't sleep. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm never tired the next day. Nothing to complain about. You know, people go, I don't know how you can do everything you do. I don't know how you, you know, and it, I think back to all those periods that I was inactive and I didn't do anything. I was just ingesting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of grams of carbs at a time. And so I just was stuck. And so I could do enough to go through my regular routine to work. And then I'd come home, take my shoes off and crash. Sometimes mm-hmm. since I sit down, I was just right there for the rest of the night. And especially as my kids got old enough to take care of themselves. That happened a lot. Yeah. More. Yeah. And and it's unhealthy. It's just it totally is. unhealthy. It is. And I did that happens for me. Keto for me is so much more than weight. Like weight is the bonus, right? It is. What, what, what happens, what you see on the outside is only the bonus of what's going on, on the inside. Like when you talk about healing yourself, I have never had regular cycles in my life. And why in the world did I find keto so late in life? Because at 40, there's regular cycles. I, not only just that, IBS, no problem unless I eat carbs. Mm -hmm. So I understand that all these ailments and all these things that have been going on in my life are directly related to the things that I was putting in my body. That old saying, you are what you eat, is absolutely true. Oh, it's the truth. It is the truth. It's absolutely true. I'm like you. I have a hernia um, from previous surgery. Now, when I overeat and when I eat carbs, because it causes your belly to swell up, mm-hmm. it bothers me. When I don't, I'm good. Right? It's just like, but that that's being in tuned to your body. You are in tune not just to, but with your body. Well, let me say this to all the newbies that are listening to this podcast, that that also means allowing yourself enough time to heal oh, so that yes. you can be in tune with your body. It's not going to happen in seven days, right? There are, there, are, there are wonderful things that begin to happen slowly, very shortly, but it does not happen in seven days. This is why... I took my post on on Facebook from focusing on how many pounds. Every once in a while, you'll see me say 150. That's really kind of modest, right? Mm-hmm. But I'll just say 150 plus pounds. 
But that's being modest. And because I really began to focus more on the first time I slid on an extra large shirt. Yes. And I had been in a 6X. Like, my mind still tells me I'm a 6X. But logically, I was flipping out in that bathroom. The photographer said, we have no other shirt left but this extra large. And I'm like, I can't wear that. And he's like, I'm looking at this. You can wear this. And I'm like, I can't wear this. Not mm-hmm. no extra large. You know, and I slid it on so easy. And it came on. And I just went crazy in that bathroom. At that moment, if you'd have walked in that bathroom, you'd have turned around and walked back out. <laughs> you didn't know what was going on at that moment but I was in there going crazy I was dancing I was screaming I was crying I was just going through all these emotions people were like what, what what you know what's going on nobody because I was at a place where um because now I'm doing some advocacy stuff some social justice stuff and I was at a workshop and so those people didn't know anything about my journey right and so they were like what is she doing was a keto sister there mm-hmm. okay. it was a keto sister there and listen to what she told me so I'm just doing what I do I eat the way I eat so when they ask you on those lines and they say you got any preferences yeah you make sure you're right you're keto yes that's a preference it is a preference, that's my preference. If, if you ask me vegetarian I'm gonna write right there keto yep if you don't ask I take whatever you got and I can deconstruct it and I can make it keto absolutely but if if you ask me, I'm going to tell you that I'm keto. So I wrote on there, you know, just write uh, keto. And so at this, they had breakfast, lunch, and it was actually all black women. It was a it was it was an NC block event, and they had every meal there. And I'm sitting at the table eating, had no clue, no clue that somebody that followed me from Instagram was there. Wow, isn't that awesome? So it's kind of, it's, 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 it is. And so I don't know, somehow she had mentioned in the, in, in the breakout section and somebody else that she was keto and the girl who I came with said, Hey, by the way, she's keto. Over and I was like, cool. I said, I'll meet up with her later, you know? And then she saw me fix my plate. She was fixing her plate at the same time. And she said, you mind if I come and sit with you? And she was like, I appreciate you staying on track here. And, you know, I didn't think nothing about it. It's just the way I, and so she goes, I appreciate you saying it makes me want, and, she, and you know, we begin to talk. And so you just don't know who you're affecting and who you're, and you just, don't. you just be yourself and just, this is just the way I eat. You don't have to think of it as I'm on a diet, um, whatever. This is just the way I eat. I eat this way. And, and, and it's okay. And if you lose the word diet, then you will do better with it. So for everyone listening, stop saying that this is a diet. It's not the ketogenic diet. It's the ketogenic way of eating or the ketogenic lifestyle. And because it is a lifestyle and it's it's something that you have to live. I live keto. I live it. Yeah. And with every fiber of my being, I live it. So much so to the point of I embody keto. I embody it. When they see me, they see keto. When I look in the mirror, I see that's that keto queen right there. You know, it is what it is. 
I don't post anything that's not keto ever. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a recipe that like one of my friends is a baker and I saw the cake, I thought she would love. I ain't post that on Facebook. No, ma'am. No, Mm -hmm. it's not in keeping with my way of eating. It's not in keeping. You know, and not that I'm, you know, like you said earlier, not trying to be deceptive or anything like that, but it's just what I choose to do. I, I you know, no, I try to keto fry that cake. <laughs> right, right. I'm always searching for those options and substitutes. So it's those types of things. So I just want to, you know, you to talk briefly about um how what a seven dollar a day meal or meals would look like for you just so for people to not you know have any barriers to say well keto is expensive eating healthy is expensive you know i i you know to 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 remove all of that all of those limitations um what does what did you do with seven dollars a day at the dollar store? A little small thing of sausage there, and I made sausage and cauliflower rice and you know things like that. Now, produce is something that I would have to go and get from Aldi's, but I could get other things. I still didn't pay a lot of money at Aldi's for this stuff, and I'm trying to think everything there's a sugar free syrups that they sell that you can use to sweeten coffee and things like that. They sell that at the Dollar Tree. Uh, I would get that there and uh, make my bulletproof. My Dollar Tree, I'm sorry, Dollar General had a little small thing, coconut oil. Like, you know, I would buy my coconut oil and make my bulletproof. When I was, honestly, when I didn't have a lot of money, I um, discovered fasting. And and then I began, it was about, it was about necessity in the beginning. And uh, and from there, it became all these great benefits and everything else that I learned from fasting. I was watching my skin heal itself, keloids, keloids heal itself, moles fall off, skin tags. Like, I've watched my body do a metamorphosis of changes from just, like, learning how to eat. The, I'm trying to think. I can't even think of all the products Dollar Tree. I've bought the from the snack area, the nuts. The that block cheese, it ain't it's not big stuff, but if you're still having to feed a household, you could you could squeeze yourself a budget out of there to do keto. Cause I did it. And sometimes I only had twenty dollars a week, twenty dollars you know, to, to figure out my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I made a lot of quiches, egg muffins, like I made endless egg muffins. There was a period where I did egg fast and it was just egg muffins. And it's just too many, it's too many things that you can find now. There's even more things. Now they got freeze dried strawberries. I do go there and get that. That's my candy now. With that $20 a week, that was just strictly you. That was which that was, yeah, that was because I, I was, when I began in the beginning, you, you, one thing about keto that the major change for me 
was preparing. I've always been a cooker. That's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Cooking doesn't prepare, doesn't bother me. But the only time I prepare prepare anything was right before I cooked it. So I didn't. The prepping part was very new for me. And so when I realized, I'm also like money is my friend. I love money. I mean, I I. So I'm cheap. Like some people like to call it cheap. I don't call it that. I, I'm mindful of things. And so like I realized, wait a minute, I was saving money at the same time mm-hmm. by going and getting these meals. Yeah, I was having to really like prepare my lunch, but like going to get my meals and stuff. So yeah, it was when I would do, when I, I do finances, like I do budgets my home budget is the same way as my hotel that I run budget. So if it's not in the budget, when, we don't get it. <laughs> and You know, it doesn't. And people go, oh, you should, you make all this money. You should live in, people like dictate what you should do with your money. Listen. Like, and so there's a time and place that will come, but there there's a building to that. And so, oh yeah, I'm going squeeze myself out this much in the budget and so i wrote myself into the budget as a line item like this much money is mine this is what i'm going to do with it and i felt like i at least worked that i could have that and as i began keto what i didn't know or understand is that all of a sudden i'm not hungry anymore Mm -hmm. i'm taking lunch but i don't feel like eating lunch so i didn't eat it you know, and it, lunch became dinner, and then all of a sudden there was no breakfast, and then yeah, oh my now, god, now there's one meal a day, and so like, just just the the it you it you are worth it, you you are worth finding the extra twenty or twenty five dollars. I promise you, you can find it. If you drink Pepsi, you can find it. If you can afford burritos or whatever, I promise you, you can find a way to do keto. And, and people just have to be, you have to be that determined. You have, I, I am. And you, if, you, if you drink Starbucks, if you drink right. Starbucks, how much Starbucks is expensive. <laughs> so if you people just, but it, it, I love, I love, 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 love that you wrote yourself in your budget as a line item. I, I write myself on my to-do mm-hmm. list, right? right? That, that's, that's, I, good I, idea. that's what I do. I write myself on my to-do list. And until I do my meditation and or my whatever that is, nothing else gets right. done. My morning routine, my Sunday bath you know, practicing self-care. So you have to, until it becomes habitual. But it's the thing that, it's the thing that you, it's like, it's like the decision to, I'm going to finally do this. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going, people say, I'm going to lose weight. Whatever they say I'm going to do, I'm going to do whatever. I'm sick of carrying this weight or whatever. The same way you make that decision you make that same decision. Like the light bulb goes off the same. It was for me yeah. through that process that I'm going to take care of myself. Like the light bulb went off and that sounds so crazy that it takes into people. You're changing. You're, yeah, I am. 
And and why does it have to be a crisis? I'm not in right. crisis. Now, was I in crisis when I was almost 500 pounds? Uh, I truthfully dream but don't believe anybody should say anything about anything if they're not per. And, and if you can't, well, maybe not that. If you can't come to me in love and, and, and in a loving way. But I, for me, I feel like love sometimes is correction too. And you saw me struggling, you should have said, you know, there is a way. Well, you can't even tell me to try something different if you don't have a, anything to offer. I guess that's my piece because I don't know. I, I, I personally think, you know, your your weight and your weight management is your own responsibility. And people can corrective form and even but if you in know a you're loving addict, way, we just talked about it being if you know an addict you know you know it's kind of like a, you do you do need an intervention at some i think i needed an intervention at some point and you know their friends say oh you know i wanted to say something but i didn't know how you were going to take it right and i believe that you're you don't you won't change just like an addict an addict won't change until an addict is ready to change they have to make up their minds to change we can talk about things all day long to them we can have all kinds of intervention put them in recovery but if you never talk like for me if you say it to me before i may not listen i may not listen at that moment but it will come back to me at the moment when that doctor said to me what he said to me there are there is a person who said something to me and what they said to me came back to me in that, that very moment sitting in that doctor's office because I'd heard it before. It was confirmation from, you know, because because I'm just this person at that time, like, oh, you got to come. The universe got to confirm. And so there it is. Most high sense confirmation. And and that's right. what happened at that but moment. You were ready. You were ready to receive that right then and there you were ready you you everything had aligned for you to receive it at that mm-hmm. moment and so i just believe that the we see how many people try keto mm-hmm. right and they try it because it's quote unquote a trend a fad or anything like those things but for me i had to be ready to do it it really was me being ready to be ready to be ready. Mm-hmm. I was ready. And so when keto came to me a year before, um, when my friend shared it with me, I thought she was crazy. I said she cuckoo for Cocoa mm-hmm. Puff, putting butter in her coffee, crazy mm-hmm. white girl. That's what I said <laughs> to her, right? I was like, this chick is crazy. I was like, girl, goodbye. Right. Get out of my face. <laughs> I did. I was like, she is good. That ain't that black folk don't put no butter in their coffee. We're gonna put it on some bread, but we don't put it on coffee and no coffee. And so I wasn't ready. Now at the time I was doing Weight Watchers, running around like looking like a secret shopper, um, scanning um labels and stuff, counting points. (laughs) (laughs) Points and stuff, yeah. Yes. I I had a slider everywhere I went, I pulled it out. And yeah, a sliding, scale, a sliding thing on. I could look up the points. 
Well, now they had that scanner and you on your app on your phone and you um, scan the barcode and tell you how much of this you can eat. And I was like, you know what? That's too much for me, too. And when, once that became too much for me, well, it wasn't even that. I stopped that because it was too much. And then almost a year later, the group that she put me in that you and I were a part of, the group, I, I just start seeing all of these before and after pictures just, just randomly coming up. And I took notice because I had said and I prayed and I was like, okay, angels, ancestors, God, everybody help me because I'm ready for So I'm ready to be ready for some help. Mm -hmm. And that's when those pictures started coming up. And then I started doing my research and I said, okay, if Aaron half-assed did keto and lost 25 pounds. And she'll say it. She said, I, I, you know, I, I didn't really do it. And I said, okay, it has to be something to put in the butter in the coffee. Black, black folk might not, but Wendy going to put butter in her coffee. And that's the first time when like keto and, and I'm glad to find black girl keto too. Right. Because there are cultural differences between being black and and being white whatever you want to say we we are different and and people say i'm colorblind all that stuff that's bs that we are different and it's okay that we're different it is and so (laughs) like because of that like when i would come to family gatherings and eat a certain way like why you ain't getting one of my biscuits or why you ain't getting Uh what's wrong with my cornbread i make good corn you know it was like Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was, there are certain things, foods that are in our culture. And, you know, like when I didn't eat the potato salad. Listen. And the first time I bought some cauliflower potato salad, it's like the white girl who brings the potato salad to the good gal gets cussed out. Yes, I honey. Cussed out when I brought the cauliflower mac and cheese. Yes, but then sir. when they taste it, it's, oh, I can eat like this. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, mm-hmm. it's like, we don't want no cauliflower. We want some regular mac and cheese. You want no difference? Just eat it. If if you if you could if you won't know the difference, you won't know the difference, and it is cultural differences. Mm-hmm. And you, I, I was grateful to see your group because I think that I think that even in the posting, like, um, I don't know, it, it's just a difference. It's, it was it's a difference. The group is a different feel. It's it's different, and I avoid a lot of groups these days because I do a lot of fasting, and I know that people beginner ketos and people who keep there's a constant picture 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 and i'm at a point where i'm healing my mind it's not healed and so i know that's a trigger for me and so like a lot of times i'll pop on and post a message and read a few things and pop back off and you know pop back on or something like that but i just the scrolling is hard for me yeah and it is seeing you know, the, the thing for me sometimes, though, now is that I'm not hungry. So I don't even see food the same way. I don't see food the same way. Um, I, You know, in my healing process, I'm still working on that full moment. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like, okay, when you put that fork down, you don't need nothing else. And I have, like, full-on conversations with myself sometimes out loud mm-hmm. be like girl you fool like and, I, and people are like what i i, I i'm talking to myself honey we having a conversation me and myself 
And they were like, oh, okay. When my friends say, what did you just say? I said, girl, I just told myself I'm full and to put my fork down. Stop eating. <laughs> she was like, that's funny. She said, but I'm full too. Mm-hmm. I said, well, put your fork down. And she's not even keto. But what that did was she was like, I really am going to pay attention to when I'm full Mm -hmm. and stop trying to force myself to clean a plate. The first time I did a 72 hour fast, that was eye opening. Like, first of all, the first time I did a 24, someone like to go 24 hours, I told you, I thought about the next meal while I was having a meal. And so that was, was like a major accomplishment. And then to go 72 hours, I realized like, okay, it's just fuel. And and because I still have a lot of fat to lose, I have a lot of fuel. My body has a lot mm-hmm. of fuel. And, I, and, and when you learn about keto and you understand that, and then I understood intermittent fasting, I was like, let's pair these together because – I now wasn't eating out of necessity. I understood my body has what it needs, right? And when it does it, I'll eat. And so when I began to understand that, like I, it, it, it just, that's, that's really truly like what the biggest part is, listening to your body. It'll be times my family will say now, what do you want to eat? And I'll just stop and pause because that's another thing I learned to just pause. Not just jump and go and jump and react or somebody say, what do you want to eat? I'm going here. And I stop and pause and, and think I'll, about Oh, it. you don't even want nothing to eat. No way. You know, because I'll have this blank look like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's just, it's just fuel. So when I say to them, they get upset when I go, I don't care what you choose. We'll go wherever because I'm going to eat whatever I want while I'm there and, and make it keto and Drive the waitress crazy if I have to, but yeah, try <laughs> a way to eat. Vegetarians don't figure out how to adjust; they just adjust, and they just adjust. And that's I don't. It's listen to your body. And there's times I go and I'm not hungry, so you just have a coffee and you just have a coffee. That would have never happened before. Somebody else oh, eat, well, I just have a coffee. No, or like for me, um, salsa water bubbles mm-hmm. cause me to feel fuller. So if I drink some salsa water and drink one first and then drink and ask for another one, I'm good. I'm so good. Or getting into the habit of having an appetizer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's it. As the meal. Have some wings. Or, you know, a, with some, just don't get a whole meal. Well, these days, um, I am working, I tell you, like, I am, um, I'm making more money now than I've made before. And so now I could easily go out and have any meal I want. I don't do that because I don't like the way I feel the next day. But mm-hmm. the other thing is that, honestly, like, I, if I go somewhere, I might order a large meal but I want the box, right? And so I'm going to eat half now. And I'm just thinking, ooh, I ain't got to go home and prep nothing. This will be lunch tomorrow. Right. You know, it, it, That's it, your prep. Yeah, That's your so meal prep. Nowadays, I don't cook a lot. And, and or if I do, it's something like, I, I can have a tuna pouch and I'm good. You know, like, it because of those $7 days that I did have, 
like there are certain times that certain things now I'm good. I'm good with just open up a can of tuna. I'm good. You know, or I can make the, the, I could buy the, the flank of the salmon or whatever and tuna either. It's just fuel. And so when you begin to think like that, like there are times of course, where you won't, you have a specific taste for a certain meal for certain things and, and you may cook it or you may go get it. But I, I don't even think, I honestly don't think about food the same way. So yeah. it changes your relationships with people. If the only friends you had are the friends that y'all always go out to eat together, when you take that away, your circle changes. My <laughs> sister, my sister used to be off of work on Thursdays and she, we would always, you know, go grab lunch or something. And when I, when I start saying, let's do something else that didn't, um, you know, revolve around food. She was like, well, no, we want, I don't want to eat. And so then she stopped asking me to Mm -hmm. go, you know, um, and you know, I just, because she wanted to go Mm -hmm. eat and, you know, and I'm just like, your circle changes, um, especially culturally. Like you said, you know, your your grandmama, it's disrespectful not to eat when folk cook, especially not only our cultures, but other cultures. It's disrespectful. Like you said, that biscuit, they, I make, you know my biscuit, good girl, I make the best biscuits this side mm-hmm. of the country. Okay, that's great. You do. I concede, but I don't want to eat it. I, don't, I still don't want it. You're right. Yeah. It still it doesn't mean that it, it's still not a, the the best biscuit on this side of the the country, right. you know. Right. And you might be even you know going to the other yeah. side, I you know. But I'm not going to be the judge of that because I'm not going to. And the other thing, culturally, I, I just you. found out. Oh, you look good, and you look great, and you and, and I think that they look. There are people who legitimately mean that, but it changes relationships because. You know, your food is changing. You are changing as a person. And then there's this overall change that just so happened to revolve around the fact that you are now in keto. And so you have to deal with dynamic changes of people, family, relationships. You know, the backhand comments like you're so pretty now. Like there are times where I'm like, wow, I know people mean well, right? But you, I hear it when they say, oh, you're so pretty now. I always knew if you well, lost weight, it, you'd be pretty. Wow. And so I don't think, I don't think that we have to continue to give people passes for saying me. Well, well, now, like, really. the confidence that comes along with the healing yourself, the journey, like it's a, it's all a big puzzle piece. You, you do the keto you think to lose weight, and as you begin to lose weight, you find out you're on a whole nother journey. If you sustain, if you sustain the lifestyle of um, this, you find out it's much more than that. Like you find out your food changes, relationship with food changes, your thought process changes, and if you sustain and keep on down the journey, things are just not going to remain the same. Nothing will stay the same. Nothing stays the same. But I really just want to go back and talk about people and their mean words. Because it's the words that cause us to words that trigger the people and and it's the words that cause us to have these limiting beliefs that cause us to eat anyway. 
And so for people, you know, who are really not in the the mindset or who haven't really done the the work that you and I have done that can withstand convert like those types of words you have to remove yourself from toxic people because toxicity will cause you to overeat or run to something comforting so i i never i i i stopped years ago making um excuses for people being mean and saying mean things people people don't mean well they don't mean well when they say mean stuff. And I, 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 oh my God. I, it's, it's bullying. It's so it really is bullying. And it's, and it, and, and it's infuriating to me that people still feel like they can say that kind of horrible stuff to another person like it's your damn business. Until you clap back. Until you say, when you want, it only takes one time for you to stand up with a person when they go, oh. And, and they won't continue. But like when I was in the other state, when I was, um, you know, trying to figure out who I was and figuring out the weight thing. And honestly, that was a period of time. I just didn't care. I'm just going to be fat. I'm going to be fat. I'm just going to be fat. Mm-hmm. And so because I didn't care. I didn't care how they treated me. And as I began to care more about this temple that I'm carrying, as I began mm-hmm. to care more about that, I'm not going to let you treat me any kind of way. Exactly. You know, like, you can't hey. say things. And for me, I don't care if you're my mama. I don't care if you're my, my sister. You know, I don't care if you're my friend. I don't care what your, our relationship, my husband. I don't care what my relationship is. As I begin to value myself more, you just don't let people say those things. So now when they out, I'm no, off, I've always been cute. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll say it back quick. <laughs> So and I'm sure you know what I say. You know what I, I say. People say, "Oh my God, you look good." I said, "I do." Don't mm-hmm. I? Thank you. I already, I know that. Thanks. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm 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 gonna go ahead and second that. I do. Glad you noticed. I said that the other day to somebody. She said, "What you said?" So I said, "I'm glad you noticed." I I really do. She said, "Well, that's a little considered." I said, "No, I'm I, all I'm doing." is quantifying what you said to me. I agree with you. I look wonderful and feel great too. <laughs> and, and, and it's sad that when you find confidence, when you begin to find confidence, people take it as arrogance and um, you being conceited, yeah, being conceited and arrogant and it's not. It's just I'm sure of who I am. And I've, I've always been like this. It, 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 so keto never... I never had a thing about like who I was or whatever. I just mm-hmm. didn't. I, I overweight or not overweight. I was. I'm honey. I, I know what I look like. I look in the mirror every day. I'm beautiful, and I believe that. I know that, and it is so. And so nobody, you know, people just be like, eh, eh, eh. I be like, no, I don't have it. I don't have it for you. I don't have no rhythm for mean people uh, in any way. Like, you don't be mean to people. And, you know, because we don't know what people struggle with. And we and, and because words hurt. And it, it, it can trigger somebody to just go off into a tailspin and overeating again. And see, for me, I was... I, 
the red table with Jada on Facebook posted something yes. about bullying and people were talking about how traumatic bullying was for them. And as I was reading through those things, the tears were just falling. I was just crying, crying, crying because I was the bully. Right. And so yes. at that moment, I felt the universe was like, tell them the bully's perspective. So I shared with people like, I'm sorry. I may never say it to you. So let me say to you, I'm sorry. Hurt people hurt. I was my family was calling me fat or, you know, saying whatever. I was being abused and hurt. And so when I went to school, because I was bigger than the other kid, it mm-hmm. gave me a sort of power just being bigger. And so then I talked to them the way they talked to me. So when I ran a daycare, I told my parents, if you speak Spanish at home, your children will you speak garbage at home, they're going to speak garbage. If you speak hate at home, they're going to speak, they're going to speak hate. I was being talked to, spoken to and treated. I spit it out and gave it. At that moment, I just wanted to apologize and help them understand that it it was about the power. And that was the only thing that I could control. So that's yep. what bullying and I, is. And so yeah. for that, like I understand that culturally, you know, it's like the negative talk and the negative thing. Culturally, what we've been through, I understand slavery is generationally. And but at some point we gotta stop this shit. At some point we, we gotta have stop to. It. We have to. We have to we have to stop it. And sometimes you have to stop it for everybody right. else and learn to stand up for yourself man we can have this conversation for hours on end there's so many other things that i would love to collaborate with you um that you know that i believe is necessary for you know our community um and just as women in right. general, um, black women in general who have have stories right. to tell. And I would I you know, so you know, we can talk offline right. about that. But I just want to end this podcast with a couple of questions. And it's two questions that I end all the podcasts with. And you can, you know, take a second to breathe it in. And the first question is, I am. I am unstoppable. It's, I, I don't even know what that means other than whatever I want to do, I'm going to do. And I don't think that I've yet imagined everything that I want to do. Awesome. And you are. And the last question is, keto is. Keto is life changing. Uh, not about just losing weight, but the journey that it set me on through the process of just sticking to the plan as I let the food heal my body and my mind. It took me to a journey I couldn't have never imagined. And so keto is life changer. Beautiful. Four years, you're four years on your yes, journey. Yes, right? four years. Four years, people. January first, two thousand and fifteen, is when I started the Keto Chick page. When I was like, I'm gonna go public and share this journey, Um, because before I was just playing with it, you know, I wasn't serious about it, but I was kind of 
keto, but not really. <laughs> Until the first 50 pounds, like, I'm in. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm in. Well, I just want I just want everyone to know that as you can hear from Dreamer's story, that keto is not a get skinny quick way of eating. It is a journey. And she has been on her journey for four years and still going. It's not only a journey, but, you know, it's it's her life. Keto is her life. And so I thank you. I honor you. I appreciate you for sharing your story so openly, just a snippet of your story so openly and so honestly with everyone. Um, Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Thank you for the space, for allowing the space for for us and, and, and to know that there's so many out there you know, it's like everywhere I go, I find myself naturally looking for women who are like me. It's like something sub sub subconsciously in me, and I've I've existed in spaces where I was the only, and I, and not that I'm not comfortable with it, but it's nothing like finding your tribe and finding your sisterhood. It's nothing. And so it was. It thank you for creating the space. All right, so. I want everyone to know that keto really is more than about releasing weight. Releasing weight is just a byproduct of of this amazing lifestyle. You know, when you remove carbohydrates and sugar from your diet, different things happen to your body. You know, and I posed a question in Black Girls Keto too the other day, and it says, let's chat. Aside from releasing weight, what other benefits have you had following a a ketogenic lifestyle? And I got so many amazing results that I knew that I just had to come share them with you. And the reason that I want to share them is because, you know, I, I think that you will find benefit and maybe even give it a try if you don't really need to release a whole bunch of weight, but you want to experience um, other health benefits of it. So I'm going to go ahead and read some of them to you, okay? I think you'll find them. So, you know, there are people who have said that they have um, better sleep, no more achy joints, menstrual cycles regulated, better and deeper sleep and more energy. Um, Dreama actually said regular cycles, energy, reversed IBS, her sex drive increased, uh-oh ladies, stomach not on the steering wheel, ankles not swollen, sitting comfortably in a booth, LOL, I have tons, right? Which I think is um, really cool. And let's see, um, skinny ankles, happier, more confidence. Sister says confidence is through the roof. Oh, someone had a keto baby. Yay. 
Now, listen, for those of you who may suffer from PCOS and some other um, things that, you know, may cause infertility, well, if you are not careful, um, keto babies are a real thing because keto helps women with PCOS, okay? Better relationship with food. Better relationship with food. And that is really big because we all have a relationship with food, be it healthy or unhealthy or somewhere in between. But with keto, personally for me, I have found that my relationship with food has become more, it's different, right? Before I had a love affair with food, being a chef and a foodie and loving to cook and serve people, um, I took pleasure in cooking and doing all those things, right? And so, and eating. And so it was just like, okay, it's food, it's food, it's food. But now my relationship with food is so different. You know, we gather around food as black women. We use food for um, counsel, comfort, laughter. We use food for a lot. So the relationship with food, um, my relationship with food has changed tremendously. Food is fuel. So I don't eat when I'm not hungry. So that's for me. And actually that was my um my post um that I posted that my relationship with food was better. Um Nicole Hayes says my stomach doesn't sit on my lap like a baby. I'm not thinking about my next meal while eating my current meal. More energy no more acid reflux. Denise Smith says, becoming more aware of what I put into my body. That's a big one, y'all. That's a big one. Becoming more aware of what you put into your body. Because what you put into your body, it fuels your body, right? I just said, for me, fuel, food is fuel now. Um, Luciana Wright says, my eczema and psoriasis is clearing up. Absolutely. What you put into your body and actually on your body um, has a lot to do with skin ailments and you can actually cure those things yourself. You don't need all of those topical ointments and whatnot. More energy, less bloating, reduce IBS symptoms, decrease joint pain, depression, blood sugar, and sleep better. Mm. All the above, plus I can see my vagina when I look down. LOL, honey, that's the goal for a lot of us to be able to look down and see the girl. Hey, hey, girl, hey. <laughs> I said that in our group keto coaching. Um, 
um, a while ago. That that has always been a goal of mine. So I, I'm with you, sis. I'm with you. Um, Nisi says decreased appetite. Yay! Finally, something to control the beast. LOL. Increase energy. Minimize PMS symptoms. Clearer skin and brain functioning. Someone says my knees hurt. My knees don't hurt anymore when I go up the stairs. Leslie says better energy. Don't tire easy. Tracy says bloating is gone. My skin tags fell off and I don't have gas anymore. No farting at all. Mood stability. My skin glows. So much energy. My gums don't bleed when brushing. Wow. Now that's a different one about your um, gums not bleeding. I've never um, heard anyone say that, but here's what I do know. I know that once you get in tune to your body, right, and what it feels like, then you know when you eat off plan, you can tell, okay, this makes me feel this way. So yeah, we're not going to do that anymore, right? So it's all about mindful eating and being in tuned with and to what you're eating and what you're, how things make you feel. The most important, Paula says, um, was is I was pre-diabetic after two months on keto. I no longer am pre-diabetic or no longer diabetic. Awesome sauce. I can almost cross my legs at the thighs and the top leg just stays without effort. Woohoo! Yes, listen. That's like that was one of the first things I was like, oh, it's just effortless. Like I don't have to hold it. <laughs> so we again more energy, glowing skin, better sleep. Um mental clarity, total mind, body, spirit. Um, V Anderson says, I got the full package with this lifestyle change. Um, less appetite. Mm -hmm. So the appetite has decreased, but aside from weight releasing, the best gain has been that my anxiety is way more manageable. I rarely have panic attacks anymore. Awesome saws. More energy, less sluggishness. Um, Samantha says, I don't feel like I'm dieting. I can eat and be satisfied without feeling like I'm cheating. I want to read that again. I just really want to read that again. And as I read this one again, I really want you to let this sink in deep down in your soul. Okay? I don't feel like I'm dieting. I can eat eat and be very satisfied without feeling like I'm cheating. All right. Without feeling like I'm cheating. Mm. Energy free um, of symptoms from fibromyalgia. Awesome sauce, Sharonda. 
Quality of sleeping has improved. More energy. The inflammation in my knees is gone and I feel so much better. And then a reduction of blood pressure meds. Woohoo. Ladies, I want to celebrate you all and applaud you for doing the work and for noticing and being mindful of your bodies and noticing the symptoms that has subsided, all of the things that has subsided since you have been on your keto journey. So I share this with you all because I just want you to know that on this lifestyle or in this lifestyle, yes, we are releasing weight, right? We are taking our health back into our own hands, but there are so many other beautiful side effects or benefits, right? Now, these are some side effects that I can get into aside from, you know, the whole pharmaceutical thing, right? Where you have a a leaking anus and you can thoughts of depression and all of that kind of stuff. You know, that that that's that's deep. But these right here, if for nothing else more than giving keto a try just to have decrease inflammation um, around and surrounding your joints so you don't have achy knees or, you know, better sleep, those types of things, reversing diabetes or blood pressure medicine being um, decreased, right? Or coming off altogether. I know in a, a former episode, um, Rosalind Jackson, which is my sister, she's no longer on her medications for blood pressure and arthritis, right? So these are the benefits. So if you can open your mind to the other benefits outside of releasing weight, I'm sure that you'll find that keto is just not for, you know, overweight people. It's for anyone who needs help with a lot of the things that I've shared. So again, on this show, we are not doctors. So we're not telling you not to take your medication, not to go to the doctors. But what we're saying is, is that you can advocate for yourself. You can do things, you know, to help, right? As as the last um, comment that I read from um, one of the queens in the group, she said, decrease blood pressure medicine. So everybody is going to the doctors. They're not coming off the medication themselves. They're going to get their doctors, you know, okay. But I just want you to know that you can advocate for your health and you can take your health back into your own hands. Okay. All right. That's what I wanted to share. So share this with people in your lives to let them know that keto is more than releasing weight. All right. We're going to um, take a quick break and we'll be right back.
Alrighty, this has been an amazing first episode of season two. And I hope that you enjoyed the conversation with Dreama Caldwell. I hope that you have a lot of takeaways from knowing that there are more benefits to just releasing weight on following a ketogenic lifestyle. I am excited for you to jump into keto. Give it a try if you haven't. And if you have and, you know, have been on your journey, leave me a voice message letting me know the benefits that you have experienced on keto outside of releasing weight. I I really would love to hear from you. So please subscribe to this episode. Join us over at Black Girls Keto 2 and Facebook World and Instagram land. We are Black Girls underscore Keto 2. You can send me an email at Wendy at creativelywendy.com. We would love to hear from you. We are excited about the new and journey that we're on. And we're glad that you're here for the ride with us. So until next week, stay tuned and be blessed.